0: Welcome to The Farm and to another episode of So You've Married a Farmer, Now What? Today's episode is with Natalie. Natalie is a pharmacist and cattle rancher from Nebraska in the US, and we talk all things beef cattle. Natalie is also the host of Discover Ag on podcast. You may have heard her talking about news articles in reference to agricultural industries. So let's jump into today's episode. (music) Today, Inland Petroleum is sponsoring a small section of today's interview. Inland Petroleum for farming. Whether you are sowing, irrigating, spraying and harvesting, Inland Petroleum has all you need to keep your machinery up and running. They can arrange direct delivery of bulk fuel to your farm. They can supply lubricants and fuel equipment for on-property use. Inland Petroleum employs locals to run locally operated businesses to make sure that the finances are going back into your farming community to continue benefiting you and your farm. There is no delivery too small or too large that Inland Petroleum cannot handle. Now, back to today's episode. Well, Natalie, thank you for joining us here on the farm today for our podcast series. So, you've married a farmer, now what? Can you please start by introducing yourself, your family, and your farm?
1: Yes, well, thank you so much for having me. It's always fun to have um, conversations that take us, you know, abroad, further than beyond where we normally live. So, I am coming to you guys from the United States, uh, particularly the state of Nebraska, which if you're somewhat familiar with their territory, we are, that is um, right smack dab, almost in the middle of the United States. So, I'm kind of in the Midwest area. I grew up in agriculture. I grew up on a cattle ranch in actually Montana, which is going to be up further north. And I actually got my degree outside of ag. And so when I graduated, I didn't have, you know, I guess really any intention at all coming back to our family operation. I got my degree in pharmacy and I was living close to our family ranch, but not on it. And so that all changed when I met and married my husband. And it kind of what we're going to talk about today brought me back to a farm, a ranch. And so, um... That was six years ago now, and um, it's kind of been fast and furious with social media and just growing our own personal operation um, and our family. Beautiful. So tell me about
0: your family.
1: Yeah, so we have three boys, my husband and I. Um, We have a teenager, a um, five-year-old, and a toddler, a three-year-old. And so we're kind of in the depths of all the different stages of parenting, which makes it very interesting, Um, but very fortunate, as many people who are in agriculture can relate to, to raise our boys on the ranch. And so um, I am home for a majority of the time with them. And so it's really a blessing to be able to raise um, the boys in the environment that we do.
0: Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your ranching setup now um, from, you know, when you first moved in there to where it is now.
1: We have our, I'd say the heart of our operation is a cow-calf operation, which is that a term you guys, okay, okay, perfect. (laughs) And so uh my husband started that when he came back from graduate school. Um gosh, he, he graduated in two thousand and was it nine maybe? And so quite a while ago, um 10, 15 years. Uh and we're recently starting a registered herd as well, a black Angus herd, and then we're pretty diversified. We lease a lot of our farm grand out and so uh that leaves us time to do different things within um I'd say like the cattle, you know, the beef sector portion of the industry. And so We also have an AI business that my husband runs. Um, We're pretty busy during May and June. And then we do some backgrounding um, and some heifer development as well, too. So
0: a lot of cattle and very little farming. (laughs) That sounds excellent. And tell me a little bit more about the development of your Black Angus studs.
1: Yeah, so we started that, gosh, um, well, this is going to be our first year that we're having a live auction on our ranch. Um, Let's see, the two years before that, we did... Bidding online, and then before that, I think we had two or three years of private treaties. So this is probably our sixth year um, building our register herd out. Um, as I mentioned, it's Black Angus. My husband has always been really interested in genetics. Um, if you follow along with my social channel, you'll know that he is kind of the cow enthusiast in our relationship, and he is the the real love for this lifestyle. Um, and and honestly, the cattle with it. You know, I enjoy living in the country and I enjoy being a part of agriculture, but. I don't think I can say I love cattle as much as, as much as my husband does. And so he has always been just, you know, infatuated with cattle and more so the genetic side. So when he came back and built out that, you know, cow-calf operation and kind of the backgrounding and a few of the other things, he always had that big goal of wanting to do genetics. It just, um, you know, it takes capital and it takes time. And so we finally got to that place. There is quite a funny story. We put in our first, gosh, I think it was like close to 80 embryos. Um, And we, my husband actually didn't know how we were going to pay for it. And we (laughs) went on a baby moon, um, with my middle child and he ended up our last night, we went down to, um, Arizona to see, we spent time around like the grand Canyon and kind of did some different things. And our last night he asked if he could stay in a, we could stay in a casino before we flew out the next morning. And I said, yeah, sure. That's fine. And long story short, He ended up having a very hot hand and winning quite an extensive amount of money, and that is how we paid for our first 80 embryos for our registered herd. And so it's kind of a funny story because if you're in agriculture, you know that a lot of just, uh, I mean, blood, sweat, tears and beyond go into building what we build, um, especially, you know, as a first generation operation or if you're a multi-generation that is trying to expand or grow or do something different. It's really intense. It's really hard. And so I just think it's so funny that, um, you know, the cornerstone of our operation is, you know, we got to where we are right now with a lucky, you know, hand of um, (laughs) blackjack, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Natalie, tell me about uh, firstly how you met your husband and then tell me about what it was like moving to the ranch for the first time.
1: Yeah. So we met at my family's annual bull sale. So I grew up on a registered operation in, as I mentioned, Montana, we raised a registered Hereford. And so he was actually up looking at cattle and we met at the sale. Uh, We have a post party kind of as well. And so we kind of met and we talked and he thought he would just look me up online and I actually didn't have um, Facebook or anything, so he couldn't find me. So it took a whole nother year for him to come back to another sale and then finally that year, he asked for my number. And so it's kind of funny because there's a running joke that he came for a bull and left with a wife. And that is how, you know, me and my <laughs> husband met. But um, we dated long distance. And then when I moved down here, like I said, I was living in, you know, a bigger city in Montana. I was always very close with my family and our family operation, but I wasn't living on the ranch and my income wasn't derived from agriculture. And I really never expected to kind of be as involved, obviously, as I am now. And so When I moved to Nebraska and we got married, it was quite a different change for me. You know, I obviously had background and familiarity with growing up on a ranch and, you know, just being raised in that environment. So on that hand, it wasn't different. Um, But it was different from the sense, like I said, I was, you know, living in a city and I was practicing pharmacy full time. And I guess so much of it felt like home and so much of it felt um, just really different and new to me as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because it's very different as well going from just living on an operation to actually being involved in the decision making and the business side of it.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I actually was asked the other day on Instagram. You know, one of my favorite memories, and instantly, what came to mind for me was our family bull sale. I have the most fondest memories. You know of growing up with the bull sale um, and just having family and industry friends, you know, come in the night before and kind of having like a get together and a party. And I can remember, you know, being at my grandparents who had hosted and I just, it was so wonderful. You know, I just remember being infatuated with the day, you know, the bull sale would arrive. And now that I'm adult and, you know, <laughs> owning the ranch, you know, it's a whole different meaning. You know, the bull sale day is honestly one of our most stressful days. And it's the day that you kind of just want to to come go well and go quickly. And so, yeah, it is really different. Uh, I think being raised on an operation and then, um, you know, transitioning into that era or that time period where you are um, whether you're sole owner or, you know, your decision maker, whatever that is, um, it is a little bit different. And especially if you're a multi-generation, it can probably be a little bit stressful uh, taking on that burden that um, not burden. That's not the right word, but just carrying that load, I think that comes with making sure But something doesn't happen on your generation's watch, you know, making sure you continue it, improve it. um, It can be rather stressful.
0: Yes. Yes, it can be. (laughs) I completely understand we uh, have our own own on-property bull sale as well. So I definitely understand uh, a background of where you're coming from there. Mm -hmm. And so when you first moved in, was there any challenges or hurdles that you came across where you thought, oh, I wasn't expecting that?
1: Yeah, I think, again, it's such a different perspective being the child on the operation. I don't really remember my parents. uh, I guess I should say it this way. I remember my dad being home for dinner at a set time all the time. So I didn't really realize, I think, this time warp that can happen on farms and ranches where uh, depending (laughs) on how the day goes or what happens, there's not much like rigidity and schedule. You know, it's if the cows are out or something goes wrong you still need to accomplish the job and finish you know feeding or whatever it is and so i think that was a really big shock for me as i kind of expected again coming from working um you know a 9 to 5 i had a schedule to my life and so when i moved here it was like well you know dinner's at 5:30 or 6 or whatever it is or you know we leave to go to church at this time or we're going you know to meet friends at this time and i think for a long time, I struggled um, probably more than I should have with letting go of that schedule and the structure. Now, you know, after six, seven years of marriage, I am much more fluid in kind of having, I guess, no expectations around a timeline. And I think that has really helped um, our marriage and just the operation um, kind of run smoothly, I guess, is just being more open to eating whenever or leaving whenever or making plans kind of more last minute or on the go. So that my husband doesn't have the stress of trying to do everything out on the ranch and then also, you know, keep a structure inside the house as well.
0: Yeah. And do you think that started with a mindset change or around changing habits? Yeah, I think it was probably my husband. Honestly, he
1: has much more, Patience than I do. I would say his energy is a lot, you know, just less than mine. You know, if we were to put ourselves on an energy spectrum, I would be much more, you know, high, strong, fast-paced than him. And so, I think just being around him and then also realizing that that was kind of the problem, it made me just kind of say, okay, well, it's going to be fine if dinner is later, or it's going to be fine if we have to do church Sunday and not Saturday or whatever it is. And so I don't know if it was an intentional mind shift as much as it was just, I mean, maybe like matching my husband's energy a little bit more and kind of meeting him, you know, where he was at, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When you look out over the ranch now, what do you think has been your biggest accomplishment together?
1: Yeah, I would probably say I registered her just knowing how much that means to my husband to start and grow that. And I think that's something that can hopefully offer true generational longevity, I guess. You know, we do have, as I mentioned, three boys and um, I highly doubt all three will want to come back to the operation, maybe, you know, 100%. uh, That's pretty lofty. But um, we have a lot of conversations that by chance, if all three did, we want to make sure we are setting ourselves up to have um, that be remotely possible. And so I think our registered herd and what we're growing with that is something that can really lend a hand at that. Uh, And it's not easy. You know, we've had to do a lot of big investments into some really big genetics and we've had to take some risks, um, you know, both with, you know, financial risk and then just also, um, I think. You know, learning to trust yourself and the decisions you're making, and so it's been i guess really rewarding to grow that out with him. and I think what's most exciting is that we're kind of still at the beginning of it, you know, like I said, we're just hosting our first in person sale. um we purchased kind of a a bigger sire that we're you know pretty excited about. So moving forward, I think we have a lot of things coming that um' is just exciting um and to get to do it alongside him um, makes it that much better,
0: yeah, absolutely and you know, you've mentioned that you have your three boys on farm with you. So can you tell me a little bit about the changes that you've had to do to um, accommodate having the boys on farm with you? Was it more of a, uh, a set up and logistical change so that they were able to farm alongside you? Or is it more um, we had to take a step back and that's where your influencer and podcast you know, background um, took over?
1: Yeah, so a couple of years ago, or at least for the first Oh, gosh, Uh, maybe three years of our marriage. I actually worked off the ranch part time at our local hospital as a pharmacist. And that worked for a while. It worked until it didn't work, which is, you know, how most things go. But there came a point, as you mentioned, when I was growing, you know, what we were doing online that I couldn't manage the ranch, my job as a pharmacist and what I was building online. And so when I kind of looked at the three different things I had growing, three different areas, I guess my hand, my hands were in, I knew that I wanted to be on the ranch with the littles. um, And I knew that I was kind of just on the verge of doing some bigger things online. And so what kind of was shelved at the time was my pharmacy job. And so I think that change was probably the biggest change to afford us the ability to raise our boys in the way we are with me being on the ranch um, full time now and getting, you know, having them accompany Luke and I, um, you know, I say that lightly because I'm not officially like an employee of the ranch or anything. So it, it I don't have to go out at, every day. It doesn't depend on me, a job for me to go out, you know. And so I kind of have the luxury of going outside and helping or taking along when I want to and, and staying inside with the littles um, and doing my own thing, you know, weather dependent, mood dependent. And so, yeah, I think it worked when I stepped away from pharmacy. And that's when we kind of got into a good groove of how we wanted to raise our children on the ranch.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And you mentioned earlier that you're not working all of the land um, with your your cattle operation. So is there another side business that you have as part of your operation?
1: No, we just lease out a lot of our farmland to local farmers. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of our eggs are in the, uh, you know, cattle basket. <laughs> so uh, we have, like I said, a couple different things we do on the ranch, and then just what I do online is kind of, you know,
0: where my husband and I spend our time. Yeah, fantastic. And um, for those who are interested that we've piqued their interest for what you do do online, can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, that was all accidental. When I
1: moved to Nebraska, I didn't have an opportunity to take a pharmacy job right away. And so instead of just kicking back and relaxing like a normal human would, I decided to find something to fill my time. And so I ended up starting a direct-to-consumer beef business with one of my friends. And so we knew right away that if we were going to, you know, sell beef online, uh, we were going to have to have um, a community built around that. You know, if you're going to get strangers to buy from you, they need to know you and trust you. And so right away we started using social media to market our beef business. And kind, I did that for two years. And that is kind of what I say initially, honestly, helped me sought Instagram and social media for what it really is, which is um, a marketing tool and a connection tool. And so I ended up doing the direct-to-consumer beef business for two years and then stepping away from that um, to kind of pursue more of like a personal brand and kind of what I do now, which is share more about our family. And um, I have the podcast now. And so it was really you know, accidental. I I really never intended to share a family in the way I do. I always thought I would just, you know, sell beef, but I, there was, you know, this tipping point, I guess. I remember we were at an, a conference and YouTube was there speaking and there was someone from the back end who had analyzed analytics. That was um, their job for YouTube. And they said, I'll never forget, they said on stage that, they had never seen a trend skyrocket in views the way that farming was online. And I just thought, gosh, there's something there. There's something about sharing agriculture online that I think um, we should really take advantage at this time in our lives right now. And so that was the decision to step away from the beef business and and share online. So I guess I my husband has uh, a conference in Omaha, Nebraska to thank for where we are now, because I don't know if I would have um, made that shift if we, you know, hadn't attended that conference and I hadn't been just, I guess, so captivated, captivated by what YouTube was saying.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so I really enjoy listening to Discover Ag. And so can you tell me a little bit more about the podcast um, and the avenue that you took with YouTube as well?
1: Yeah. So that was another accidental start, <laughs> the, the podcast. I'm I'm a pretty strong believer in, a, you know, changing direction in your life based off of kind of what's, what's going on. And so um, I pivot a lot and I make changes based off, uh, I guess, what I'm seeing and feeling. And so I had made friends with my co-host. I run the podcast with another gal. She's a dairy farmer from New Mexico and we had been friends for quite some time online. Uh, we know we were just both sharing as females in agriculture and I guess you make fast friends kind of when you're, you know, that much aligned. And so we had known each other for quite a while, but through a couple different events that I feel like just happened at the right time for each of us, we ended up coming together to um start uh one business and then also our podcast. And so you know, if you had asked me two years ago, a year ago, if I would be podcasting, I would have said, you know, no, no way. I had always loved the podcasting space. I consumed I've consumed them forever, but I just didn't know what I would talk about. I just never really envisioned that for me. But the moment we started the podcast, I knew right away that this was going to be for me. I'm just really in love with this way we can communicate and this long form conversations and the way you can, you know, have detailed conversations in a space right now online that I feel like everything is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. I feel like it's such a breath of fresh air to have um, real conversations. And so I'm very happy that we end up starting the podcast. Uh, It's every Thursday. And what we do is we cover three trending headlines in the ag and food space. And so what kind of happened is we just got tired of seeing you know, New York Times write about something that was going in in agriculture and not interview farmers or not be written from the perspective of a farmer. And you know, Wall Street Journal or you know, food influencers. I mean, whoever it is. I mean, there's there's so many people out there who are sharing about food and ag, but really haven't stepped foot on a farmer ranch um, and haven't been really exposed to production agriculture. And so, we just thought why not be the voice that, you know, talks about those headlines that that does bring it from a farmer's perspective. And so we keep a, you know, female millennial twist to it. Um, So we keep it pretty entertaining, but also informative. Um, And I feel like it's really kind of the meld of my two favorite worlds, this, you know, pop culture headline, trending news, things that are taking place, but, um, you know, kind of the facts and the realities of of agriculture and getting it out there with like a, a... perspective from someone who's living it every day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I really enjoy love listening to that side of it as well. It's it is absolutely refreshing. So thank you for stepping into that space. If there was a piece of, you know, advice or knowledge that you could give to someone moving to the farm or to their ranch for the first time, what would that look like?
1: Yeah, I think the longer you are in production agriculture, The more you realize that you signed up for a job and a lifestyle that has very little control. And I think the sooner you embrace that and learn to have fluidity, kind of just roll with the punches, I guess, essentially, for lack of better words, I think the easier the lifestyle is. And I think once you stop fighting that need for control, you actually kind of settle into a space of, I don't know, just warmth, I guess, with farming and ranching. I think you learn to appreciate the beauty of it um, and what it really has to offer you. But I think you can't do that when you're struggling trying to control. You know, you'll never be able to control the weather. You'll never be able to control the markets. You'll never be able to control so many different faucets um, of your day-to-day job. And so I think that energy that you spend sometimes trying to exert control, could better serve just with appreciation for the lifestyle. I just think you start to have a different relationship with it, um, a healthier one when you learn, you know, that we're not in control and we just kind of do the best we can every single day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And was that some similar advice to what you were given when you first moved on farm or do you remember, you know, a, a gem piece of knowledge that someone gave you that you still refer to? I got no advice when I moved back to the (laughs)
1: ranch. I wish I'd gotten advice. I do remember, though, early on when I had met my husband, we had a pretty serious conversation right away about what it meant essentially for me to marry agriculture again. Um, And I know those can be like hard conversations to have at the beginning of relationships, you know, serious things like that. Um, But I just knew you know, I know what it takes to run ag. I knew, know what it takes to be devoted, um, be married to the ranch essentially. And so I had a lot of hard conversations with Luke right away about what travel looked like. If he wanted to do travel, you know, what different seasons looked like. And I think I did a good job of communicating to him my desires moving forward of how I wanted to spend our time and, and, you know, what I wanted, um, I guess, a relationship with me on the ranch to look like and I think that really served us well having those conversations from the get-go instead of um, waiting for them after you're married and on the ranch and then saying but but I don't want to you know I, I want to travel in the summer or I don't want to you know do this or whatever it is um, have those right away because there are things with our lifestyle that uh, unfortunately you can't change you know and so if you guys want to work around them or have something different, um, there's going to need to be communication around that. um, And the sooner the better, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Natalie, that comes to the end of my official questions for today's podcast. Was there anything else that you wanted to share with the rural mom community about moving to the farm or back to the farm for the first time that you think would be helpful for them?
1: Yeah, I think with our society right now and having social media, it really is a gift. You, know, you can be pretty isolated, depending where you live. I have friends who <laughs> I don't even know how, you know far away their closest neighbor is. And I think that that generation of women before us probably really struggled with isolation in a way that we don't have to because we can't be so connected online. And so I think that anyone who is very remote, um or anyone who does maybe struggle being back on an operation or anyone who's maybe a first time you know farm wife or ranch wife um i would find that community online of women because i guarantee you there is another woman out there like you that is having the same thoughts feelings concerns um as you and you don't have to go through it all alone and then you also it's fun to have someone to celebrate with too and 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 share the goods um, as well because not everyone understands their lifestyle and so i just i really encourage um any woman on the ranch or farm to kind of find a community whether that's in person or online
0: yeah absolutely that's so important thank you so much for coming on today and chatting with us if you've married a farmer now what so thank you yeah thanks for having me Thank you for joining me here on the farm with Natalie. I hope you've taken away some tips, tricks, hacks, all from our story and interview today about her background, raising cattle, their beef operation, and I hope you check out their podcast, Discover Ag. We are now taking nominations for season five interviewees. So if there is a rural woman out there who you would like to hear from, who has married a farmer and has information, tips, tricks, and hacks to share about moving to the farm for the first time, please go to our website and nominate them. The link will be in the description below. And we are also opening up sponsorship places for the podcast, as well as the YouTube channel Also for season five, we love supporting small businesses and large businesses. If you have a business that you feel would be suitable for our podcast YouTube channel and our community that we're growing here at The Rural Mum, please reach out and also nominate yourself over on our website. Thank you very much and we'll see you in the next episode.